group of friends decided to critique video games. They came together over Skype and started a call. They clicked record. And then they spoke. And then they stayed real quiet for a while. A long while. We're already playing. We're already playing it. Guys, we're ro- we're LARPing Stanley the Stanley Parable. <laughs> I just wanted to recreate the feeling of Stanley Parable for our listeners. For no one's gonna listeners. no one's gonna play this great game if that is literally <laughs> what they think the game is gonna be. Yep, th- we Guys, say I this got, is what Stanley Parable's like and the sales plummet. The sales <laughs> sales plummet on the game that's already won a bajillion everything and that everybody already owns. It has so... all the recognition in the world and I'm tearing its legacy apart. So welcome to the Crit Crew, everyone. <laughs> We're talking about the Stanley Parable. What do you know? <laughs> Killing it. Well, okay, uh, Caleb. Since you've already given us such a riveting intro, do you want to quickly explain this game before we start? Oh, absolutely, this? my friends. I am. <laughs> so the Stanley Parable is a PC Mac game um, that initially came out in 2011. It was designed by Davy Renan uh, of the beginner. Beginner's Guide Fame, which we will talk about, I'm sure, in another episode, because I love it so much. Um, not going to let us not play that game. No, I mean, we have to. We have to talk about oh, it. Oh, we have to. We absolutely have to. Um, it came out in 2011 as sort of this freeware um, Half-Life 2 mod um, that was very, very unique and different. Had a lot of branching paths. Um, but then over the next couple of years, went through the Steam Greenlight process uh was re-released as an hd uh, remaster with uh, more story elements um in 2013 more stuff um, more stuff basically a lot do you like do you like some shit <laughs> we got it we got we it we got it so for yeah for people unfamiliar with what the stanley parable is you, know, you start out as just stanley the the protagonist who um starts off in his office um you're immediately met with the voice of I, I have his name here. Kevin Brighting, uh, a lovely God. British man uh, who I tried to emulate during my op- opening goof unsuccessfully. I don't know if there's ever been a better sounding narrator to anything. Ever. I mean, he, right? ri- he, he rivals David Attenborough. Uh, Thomas Was Alone is pretty good. Thomas Was Alone is very good. To Stephen Merchant for me. <laughs> okay, this is the second time in a row you mentioned Stephen Merchant. Do you want to tell us something about your love affair with him? I just, I think he's a great human being. Ever since Portal 2, I just really, really did me a solid, that merger. Yeah. Um, and Idiot Abroad, of course, uh, great show. Such Let's great talk show. about Stanley Parable and not keep talking about uh, Stephen Merchant. Well, David, no, David asked me how I felt about Steve Merchant. You think this I'm works. just going to pass that opportunity up? <laughs> this works because we got to the game a lot faster than usual, so it's like... The, just with the, like the nature of time, something had to make up for it later down the road. Very true. And now right. we're good. So yeah, the Stanley Parable for people unfamiliar. Uh, like I said, you start out in this office, uh, just room, and you are just walking through an environment, and the narration is kind of subtly suggesting for you to go certain places. But as a player, you have branching options. So Stanley will approach a door, and Kevin will narrate. And Stanley felt like going through the left door. But if you go through the right door, his narration will adapt accordingly. The environment itself will change depending on player input. So really, I mean, it is an ever-evolving thing that is never a linear experience. I would Um, say from that point with the door, like, 
you know everything you need to know about this game. Like totally. the narrator will like give you instructions or like tell you what to do, and you either do or don't for the most part. And he responds to whether you do or don't. So like if he says go through left or you go through the right, narrator. he'll say He's something. Al- he'll say something along the lines of Stanley wasn't good at following directions when they were told to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it also picks up on when you take too long for specific actions. So there's a moment where you walk into a break room. And the narrator goes on about uh, what a lovely environment this is. Stanley wanted to soak it in. So if you just stand there and just look around, he will keep going like Stanley is continuing to soak it up. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's continuing to love this room. Um, you lo- if so- you lock yourself in a broom closet and you get him real mad by refusing to leave, you, you'll be in a broom closet and he'll be real mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's like the game for the most part. I-, I feel like that tells you everything you need to know to understand what we're talking about at mm-hmm. least for this podcast yeah it, it is a very simple hook that it has but it is continuously surprising and how divergent it becomes just based off player interactions it's, not, it's, it's not super long either you can play it through i mean relatively shortly the original game only had i think six endings and you could kind okay. of finish the game in about an hour or so the HD one is much more substantial. I mean, if they're going to charge you for a game, they're not going to make it an hour long. Yeah. But uh, I, think, but, I think it has I mean, 18 endings in total, the remixed. To dive right in, though, I mean, yeah. in terms of, like, getting the crit started, I feel like that hook that you mentioned was, in, in some ways, it's one of my favorite moments in a game, or at least just, like, probably the highlight of that game. Like, when you first start out, you're walking through this environment, and the narrator said, like, you're presented with two doors. And the narrator says, Stanley took the one on the left. And there's a right door open. So it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can I can really mix this up. So that's what this game is about. Like, it's just suddenly this, like... Well, I'll talk about the decision-making later on. I have some thoughts about that. But, like, I, the, moment, okay. the moment when you, like, realize that you can sort of, like, make your own path. And you're not restricted to what the game wants you to do. It, it's just, like, it's incredibly satisfying. Oh, it's so... It's... But also, like, it's... It's just so well done. I mean, that making such a A or B decision and then giving you the choice to do A or B despite the game telling you to do A, it, it like it does kind of just like you do it and you're like, all right, I get it. Well, there, I know there's how this game absolutely works. there's no you can't see the stitching. It's such a seamless transition between thought to thought from the narrator uh, that it's just like it feels like a quick reaction from him. Like he is actually watching you play this. He's making, like, he's watching you defy his orders or go along with it. And in terms of, like, the construction of a narrative, this game delves into territory that I think is just really untapped. Uh, when it, it, I mean, it c- turns into, it can go so off the rails just because of a couple decisions from the player, or it's this very neat, focused experience that delivers an end payoff Um depending on which action like if you follow his narration you'll see a complete thought experiment about the notion of conformity and following rules but if you just deviate a little bit it starts to just kind of become more unhinged and it's the narration is totally seamless uh throughout yeah yeah i'm not totally Uh, see here's the problem i I like this game a lot, but I have some bad things to say about it, and I don't want to start with that. <laughs> so, like, we can get, you, we get out of the way. 
Can you guys say some nice? Yeah. Oh, you want to do Absolutely. that first? Okay. We just said yeah. a lot of nice yeah. stuff. We just said okay. that it's a, a great, a great, lovely game. Everybody should love. It's gotten so many accolades. Like, yeah. let's just let's get. All right, David, go hate on like. Who the fuck are we? Like, we're just three I'm, dudes. Yeah, who gives a shit? What I'm. T- I just didn't want to like open on that, but yeah, go yeah, hate um, on it, David. Go do that. Okay, uh, I'll I'll be over here forging my own hateful wilderness. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, I thought that, um, like so the game is all about sort of like get like. To me, it seems like it's a big sort of, like, fuck you to games, like, sort of railroading you. And it's about, like, choice and the idea of, like, a player having, like, agency and choice in a game. Um, but I think for the most part, it's in a way sort of like an illusion. Like, you don't have as much choice as the game would like you to think. Like, pretty much everything you make, it's either A or B. There, There's really never, like, many... Like, it branches a lot from there. But, like, in terms of your own, like, decision-making... It's kind of arbitrary what you pick. It's like, well, do you yeah, want to, like, agree or not? Because, like, no matter what, you have no idea what's coming. Like, you have... A set, other than whether you want to follow the narration or not, you don't have much of a reason to pick one or the other. It's just sort of, a, like, yeah. whimsy. And here's what's interesting, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing some reading up on the development process from the free version to the HD remake. Okay. And uh, they got... Oh, I wrote the name down. Through the they got uh, while they prepped on the HD, um, a guy named William William Pug P U G H I think I don't know how you sure. say that specifically. Um, he actually was he actually won a Saxy. Oh, um, which is a, a wait the valve like the TF two awards. Yeah, he won a Saxy. Wow, this is a very like this is a very community built game. I mean, this is another dude who just was making community projects with the software provided. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also twenty two when he made this game. God, oh no, big deal. The okay. we'll be the, here making shitty podcasts. <laughs> there we go. The um one of the one of the criticisms of the original game with its six paths is that it's very easy to figure out the preconceived idea of where a divergent path would take place. Mm-hmm. And they and in the original game, it was very like once you diverged, that was the path you were on. And they uh, messed with it more in the HD one. I don't know. I mean, there are still points that feel very divert. Like, all right, well, it's this way or this way. In a way, I almost come at this game like, and this is going to be where my weakness on how to review fine art comes through, but I almost feel like this is more how you would look at a conceptual, like a performance piece in a way, where it's like the actual product, like the game itself is not as important as the ideas that it tries to like push forward. Like I'm more interesting in talking about sort of like the message than... See, I don't, actual I don't game know. Experience. I, I think it is because of the fact that, one, they're using such sterile assets. I mean, the, the Half-Life 2 um, mod assets, I they're, they're devoid of any character whatsoever. Um, I think the fact that they're using that, in addition to the just conventions of game design, like, they can, they can provide different sorts of feelings. I mean, feelings of just, like, total confusion of, let's say you're taking one route and you're looping around a hallway that starts to loop around and you feel like you're just continuously going in a circle. Um, They're able to... I mean, it is... It's because of the fact that you're playing this game in this ever-evolving environment that makes it special. It's, It's not about the concepts that they're trying to explore... It's the concepts are more effective because they have um, this digital world that they can just flip on a dime, really, and so just subvert I, your expectations. Totally. So am I the only one that ever felt that way? That it was a sort of like um, a 
I actually played a lot more of the, uh, um, what's it called? The free version that I actually have played of the uh, second version. I haven't got That was this. the first time I heard about this game. I think I came into your room one time and you're walking around a hallway with some weird narrator. I'm like, this is interesting. I played a lot. I played a lot of the original one and I haven't played as much of the HD for some reason, even though the mm-hmm. HD one is better. I mean, they added so much more. It just yeah. looks better. It is better. Yeah. But, um, we keep <laughs> that's not something it- you can say with like art very often. Yeah, it's just better. It's just better. <laughs> better. I mean, it's the same concept. Yeah, that, but we that keep, remake we keep, way we do, better. We do keep bringing up the idea of like the concepts introduced by this game. So what do yeah. you what do you think the what would you guys say is the key concept behind Stanley Parable as a starting point? I would as say start- it's an, go ahead. I've I've talked enough. You can go, Caleb. Well, for me, I, I think it is a direct criticism of modern gaming uh, linearity and and sort of a guided experience and presenting an illusion of player agency but you're not affecting the end result and with the Stanley Parable sure there's a limited amount of things you can be doing like your interaction is pressing buttons that's essentially all you can do in walking but they're very upfront with those limitations so much so to the point where you know during one of the endings you see a giant white screen with like a game document game design document of like player does this narrator reacts accordingly you know over Mm -hmm. and over um so they're they're aware and they're honest about the fact that like it is very limited what you can do but it's still a critique on the linear game narrative experience Um, it's it's interesting because every game got so many games so many games not every game uh there's always this the, you, you brought up for a second there the idea of like player urgency and the agency pl- <laughs> it's urgent that he's agent um, <laughs> agency agent orange um okay well that's another word that we could use good i don't player, know player player yeah, or- player orangency caleb decided to throw out a random word <laughs> David thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> um, and the illusion of choice. I mean, that's a big thing. Like, when you make games nowadays, everybody's... Since everything is very... There are a lot of RPG games. Um, and <laughs> Okay. Hey, 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 I was throwing out there. Um, People make games sometimes. And one of the things that they're always trying to do in those kind of role-playing games is the idea of player player choice. I mean, actually having a real a real cohesive influence on what's going on. Except ultimately, that's it's it's weird to bring up that as like a, a whole idea, because it is still code. It's not a choice. It's sure. an option. Right. There isn't really such you, you can't really do anything in a game because everything does have to ultimately be programmed. It's predefined. Oh, and, God, when, exactly. and when and when you do deep. anything, that's when you risk the idea of like I'm gonna go see the skybox because I'm gonna throw, fall through the floor. Like, yeah, like <laughs> true player choice is breaking the game. Like that is when right. you've gone against the the established rule sets and have literally torn it. And that and that's kind of an admirable thing about the Stanley Parable, which is that they programmed what breaking would look like. Yeah, they yeah. did. I mean that's yeah. I mean like you hit a point yeah. where it's like, this would break most games. It's broken, but we're gonna keep breaking it. <laughs> and then you end up in points where you're like, I'm sorry, are we in Minecraft now? Oh, I forgot about that. He yeah. takes you through different games because he's, he's like, oh you don't like this game, let's try some other ones then. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would say that 
to go back just to answer your question, what I already said, I think the most important thing is just, like, the idea of choice. Like, just what I said about that first moment about choosing the left door or the right door. Like, I actually showed this game to a couple people, and, like, at that point, like, I get it. Like, that's, like, the moment where I get this game, I understand what's going on here, let's play around. Mm. The playing around is satisfying. Um, yeah. And a lot of that, honestly, is just how good the writing of the narrator is. I mean, that's ultimately, like, a lot of the driving force. It's as much exploration as it is, I wonder what the narrator's going to say when I do this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting to talk about the Stanley Parable right after we've talked about Thomas Was Alone. It's kind of similar. It's kind of similar, but the fact that Thomas Was Alone is very calculated with its its story and, and what it's trying to tell, uh, whereas Stanley Parable is more of a reaction to your, to your actions, mm. basically. Um but both are heightened by the fact that they have this narration, whereas the mechanics are just very simple for both yeah. games. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that, I think that's sort of ultimately, like, I know I'm I'm throwing a lot of shade, but I think I, I, I really do love this game. It's just sort of like, uh, like the individual parts don't really stand up to, like, criticism. Like, the gameplay is kind of simple. Um, the idea of choice is, is debatable, but, like, in the end, like, sort of like what you take away from that game like i still think about it it's still an incredibly enjoyable experience i just don't like feel the need to revisit it i kind of got everything i needed to after like an hour oh it's very it's very um it's very like it's its thing it knows what its thing is it exists as its thing but it's it's a one of a kind like that that's the that's sort of where it's stronger is yeah it's it is very like the concept is the concept but there's, but there's no like, one else has really done it very like it's it, the best it's the best accomplishment of that. It's sort of it's feeling. not only that, but it's like how far they're willing to go with subverting your expectations. Do you think you have an idea of what this? Let's say you go down the critical path. You maybe diverge a couple ways. Uh, your next go around, but they go in such far extreme directions to the point where like one of the endings you can stumble into that end room within a minute and it takes the narrator by surprise he has an aside comment of this isn't a satisfying ending Mm -hmm. let's restart you aren't supposed to see this yet so then that continues so it restarts you in the main office area and you progressively go through this unraveling of the narrator's sort of like confidence in what he's doing but then he starts to turn on the player for being so defiant that then unravels into the game physically breaking. And he introduces the adventure line, which we talked about before we started yeah. recording, uh, which is like the critical path. Like, follow this yellow thick line yeah. in order to get to the end destination. But even that is unreliable. So then the narrator turns on the line itself, i.e. the designer of the game, and then you and the narrator become palsy and try to create your own adventure. <laughs> but it, it ends up, like, taking you to the exact same fucking place. You know? It, it's just, like, it takes all of these detours that you don't expect. And you, you go to places that, like, when you first started, like, never would have thought um, you'd get there. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, a, there... it's very surprising. I, I, it's, it's a lot like Thomas was alone, what I said last time, like... I feel like if someone doubted that video games could be art, or even not even about art, like, that they can be unique experiences other than what, like, you see, like, your Call of Duty and, like, your other, like, mainstream games, 
like give this to someone and i think it would really like sort of defy what they think games can be like what sort of experiences they can be like oh sure. yeah plus if you if you think of it as a if you really want to start thinking of it as an art piece i mean the fact that it has <laughs> which, I, which we do which we do we're trying to <laughs> which that's the plan this, this um, session. it's i mean it's very the experience doesn't take that long and everybody has their own experience to it um mm, and that's true that's a very like that's a concept there i mean that's that's isn't something that what life is all about anyway that's what everybody yeah but like depending you, you mean, on which path you take dear it friends, becomes it becomes a new adventure what you, what what is the journey without a destination you guys aren't allowed to do this voice anymore is there aren't. is there really purpose in the journey okay except for the act <laughs> of going through it Caleb's so close to his camera right now guys just so you know i want to kiss, uh, i want to kiss i can both. count your mustache hair <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of one of those things where you you could very easily. I'd be interested to see like a group of people that like just each spend a half hour on the game, just to see mm-hmm. how different everybody's half hour right. is. I mean, that's yeah, that's an like, that's an impressive thing. Not every game has that. Would there's no there's no tutorial to that game. It you play it and it basically the tutorial is like, hey, guess what? You see the rules. Right, uh, right. This is um, a there was something I wanted to talk about, but it's more about gaming in general rather than just this. Um, okay. Can I do that, or was there Stanley Parable specific stuff you guys well, wanted I, to get out so of So I wanted to ask you guys about, like, specific moments or things that surprised you, um, or maybe, I mean, you, you you had a certain idea of what this title was, but they, there was a moment or there was an action that took you off guard and, and made I, you reassess it. I was the most surprised playing the game about how gosh darn funny it is i did not expect it to be so funny i mean the writing is really good uh it's really there and it's just it's it's great it's so sarcastic yeah even if i'm not going to try to prove a point that video games can be art just watch it and like have a giggle like it's fun i mean i had a great time every time i play i have to pass up the uh What's it called? The open broom closet. I mean, I mentioned it for a second. I love that there is a broom closet you can walk into and just stand there. And the narrator goes, yeah, it's a mop. It's a mop. Like, yeah, it's a mop. Yeah, can, can we keep going? Can we oh, go? Okay. All right, fine. You want to stay in the closet? Fine. I don't care. I don't care. It's, and on it's the flip- like <laughs> observing humor. That's on the flip side, the game can be kind of heavy at times. Like, there's a suicide ending where, like, oh, yeah. like for a while, you totally diverge from, like, the narrator. And he takes you to, like, basically this room full of lights. And he's like, isn't this nice? Can't we live here? And if you leave the room, it's just like a stair, like a set of stairs that, like, opens at the top that you just jump off of repeatedly. Yeah. And the narrator's just like, is this really what you want? Like, why are, you, why are you choosing to do this? Like, is this game so bad? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> That's the thing. It's crazy. Like, it's not even that you have to jump once. You have to jump multiple times. So you yeah. jump once, and he's like, "All right, I get it. You're serious. Like, what can I, what can I do to make you not do this?" And he's like, "No, please, don't kill yourself." <laughs> oh. Um. All right. Well, what I, what what I was gonna bring up is just like interesting to gaming. Is is that cool? Are we? Are yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. fine. Um. It's just like so. Like we said, this game is a mod, and in case anyone doesn't know what that is i hope i'm not like talking down i just i, I just want to make sure everyone's good it's like they took the assets of one game in this case half-life 2 they took the assets like the environment some of the code the sounds and basically made a new game with it um and that's what like that's, that's how this started and i I'm, think like imagine you very... have legos 
yeah. in, in a box. And, and you, like, took some, like... You, Just in case, so, like, we really need to explain it to Yeah. People. Also, uh, interestingly enough, uh, there's there's literally one game to bring up when you say the word mod, which is Half-Life 2. Yeah, yeah. Half-Life 2 has... You've heard about that, Gary? Okay, there's, we're getting... <laughs> there's so many... How's Gary doing, guys? There's just, there's something about Half Life Two that people listeners. There's a game called Gary's Mod, which uses oh. a lot of Half Life access that access that you Caleb, can. Use. Caleb decided to ask about their friend Gary. God, even <laughs> I'm gonna tell you to stop doing that voice. David now. and Max <laughs> shook their head and decided. To Kill me. Oh, we're gonna. We're, you're having the entire group turn on you on this one. Uh, but what I think is so interesting is just like the nature of mods in games. How like just like compared to like other like forms of art where like someone can take your creation and like chop and screw it and to like create like sort of their own thing with those mm-hmm. pieces and i think that's just sort of a interesting phenomenon i feel like it's a little bit more like uh if you have the knowledge like in a way the medium is a little bit more accessible for other people to well, yeah i mean create. It's, it's these are assets that everyone has seen to death in this community and the fact that they're using something so familiar I mean, also tying it into their theme of conformity, but then also they're delivering this narrative that is so meta-aware and challenges the notions of just game design in general, I think is a, a brilliant choice because it's you have something that you're very accustomed to and really know, but it is being repurposed and making you like question that decision, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, why use assets like well, yeah. I, if, I mean, Half-Life 2 is kind of like... Half-Life 2 is like the paint of video games. If you have a creative <laughs> project, you gotta get some paint. <laughs> I mean, like, it, Half-Life 2 is like... It, it's it's such a starting Still point. Still not getting it. <laughs> well, in, in a way, like... <laughs> that's sort of what I was gonna say. Like, it's a little bit like... You know, like Van Gogh painted a lot of sunflowers. It's as if someone like had those somewhere, like still preserved, and they're like, "Hey, if you want to like do a still life based on these, like, yeah, how would you mo- interpret it?" They're motifs, and, and that it. and that's just I think very unique to gaming. And I think it really has a lot. I mean, we're talking about it right now. It can really influence the medium. Oh yeah, and when you're talking about creative projects, you're talking about like, I mean, this is like this is a project like this guy was 22. If he couldn't make a mod and he couldn't repurpose the Half Life, like. If you couldn't repurpose the Half-Life 2, like, feel and everything, this wouldn't get made. This would not yeah. have happened if it wasn't for mods. I mean, that's... Modding and this kind of stuff is being able to skip over the incredibly time-consuming and, like, expensive process of making all the models. That allows a greater output of creative projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's I mean, that's right there. I mean, that's... It's a good place to start talking about that if you're, if, if you're bringing up the topic of, like, okay, but, like... These are just creative ideas. The assets are there. I mean, it's basically making artwork. You're taking and the the base the the base materials and reorganizing it. And I think that's like when we get to the beginner's guide, which is his next. Oh call, my god! Oh my it, yeah. I mean, you want to you want to talk about like a, a critique on on. We're we're gonna play it, Caleb. Okay, okay. <laughs> Caleb, we're going <laughs> to play it. Wait, have you guys not played it? No. We're done. <laughs> and that was the moment. Oh God! Where Caleb turned oh my on God. his friends. <laughs> I bought it for you to play, so I could play it, Caleb. All right. Oh, okay. All right. We um, can talk about the beginner's guide another time. But what I'm what I'm saying it is <laughs> okay. It is Davy's experience creating the Stanley Parable, presented in a documentary 
not documentary, more more of just like commentary, uh, running commentary from him. Hey, uh, have you heard about Dark Souls? Oh my god, that's a right. fun game, right? right? Guys, I'm just trying to influence, like, give you a little bit of context. Okay, you're well, trying, you're trying I, I feel to like it's relevant. in. No, no, no. I, I feel like it's relevant to but this the game, discussion. But it, it came is. after. It came after, like, <laughs> that influenced the creation of Stanley Parable because it came out like three years later. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right so closing thoughts on the stanley parable yeah the game yeah. we're actually talking about and then we're gonna murder caleb <laughs> yeah we're gonna kill him he's not in the next he's not in did, the next one. Ne- next time yeah, like next this... time next time me and david are gonna talk about the the beginner's guide that's gonna be how much we need it i will be so livid if i just like <laughs> if i just log on to our soundcloud and i see that oh episode six <laughs> the beginner's guy just up in there yeah we, we oh, just I'll did it so without upset. you <laughs> so upset uh so yeah closing thoughts uh instead of talking about just sort of our like our general final thoughts and experience on the game we talk about how it what we think it did to influence the uh like medium of video games or how it contributed to the ongoing discussion uh caleb do you want to kick this one off yeah i you know my my thoughts on this. Game. <laughs> so my thoughts on beginner's guide. <laughs> my thoughts on beginner's guide. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb is going to say the Stanley Parable is great because it made the beginner's guide happen. <laughs> it was the fruit of Davy's loins. Oh God! <laughs> Very industrial, I'll say. Very grungy. <laughs> so I I think this is one of one of the more uh, special experiences that. I mean, years down the line, I, I don't know what resounding impact the Stanley Parable will have on gaming, but as a reaction to game development and sort of the, the limitations, I mean, we, we look at uh, this medium as being special. And so the fact that you have this world that can be influenced and gives the illusion of freedom, but really there there are constraints and it all comes down to binary numbers. But the fact that there is this experience that can pull back the curtains and show you sort of that red tape is very refreshing. And the fact that it's it's not bound to a couple different choose-your-own-ending variables, it can really go off the deep end. But each ending feels organic and makes you question some deeper themes along the way. It's, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment. I, I think for one person and then for another one to kind of come on and tackle something this enormous and to, to pull it off that seamlessly is, is a triumph. Mm-hmm. That's just a, such a triumph. So I those are those are my thoughts. It's, I mean, I think there, uh, it's really, it's so successful in its its praise despite the fact that it's it's less of a game than a lot of games. It's very much an experience. It's, it falls it's, into the walking simulator trope. Yes. Yeah. But it's crazy that it's a walking simulator that was so positively received and so... I mean, like, it's... it. A lot of times something overly experimental gets missed. Um, so it's it's kind of crazy that it's just like, no, this is, this is just a bizarre, one-of-a-kind experience... And people said, "Yeah, I like this experience. I want this experience. This is mm-hmm. great." I do. I, I do wonder, like, oh, is it, did I cut you off, Max? No, no. Okay. I do wonder if this game could be successful if it came out now. Um, but like for whatever, like for like, it definitely falls into that walking simulator trope. But I think it does it better than any other one. Well, like, you have to understand, like, when this came out, 
there was Dear Esther, and that was really about was it. it. When it comes um, to, yeah. And, like, I don't... Apart from everything I've already said about this game, and just sort of talking about choice, um, I think that... Um, God damn it, I totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say some really dope stuff about oh, this I'm game. Sorry. Oh, so, uh, I, so, yeah, oh, I got you, it. I, you, you I, sure I think, like, I have trouble saying, like, this game, like, what it inspired directly, like, if anything was a direct result of the Stanley Parable. But I feel like since, at least for our generation, it's sort of like the banner child for, like, anti-games, where, like, mm-hmm. if anything sort of, like, attempts to do the same thing, it's like, oh, this is like the Stanley Parable. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just sort of, like, for at least our generation of gaming, like, it it came on pretty early. Stanley, Stanley Parable, the Duchamp of video games. You heard it here first. <laughs> no joke, I was actually thinking about bringing good, Dadaism into good old, this one. Good old, good old Mar- Marcel Duchamp. <laughs> Why did we not bring up Marcel Duchamp way earlier talking about this game? It's, I was, sa- I was so close... No joke, I was going for a walk earlier, and I'm like, I could bring up the, uh, like, I could bring up Duchamp's work. It is! It's the the Marcel Duchamp of video games. Stanley Parable, the toilet of video games. Is there a toilet (laughs) in the game? I know there's gotta be a bathroom in the game, right? Man, I hope people understand Dada art. (laughs) No, everybody's just gonna be saying, like, you mean the guy that made the toilet? Yeah, I bet. (laughs) He made that toilet. (laughs) Don't get Max started on Dada. Oh, I love Dada. I love Duchamp. That's Eddie. a bird, right? Oh, what? 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 The dodo. I'm okay. I'm done. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh wow. Oh, all right. Uh. All right. So uh, that's the Stanley Parable. All right. Well, yeah. I just I think everybody who one just might be jaded by sort of the the idea of a guided campaign um, should give this a shot. I, at this point, it's it's accessible to anybody with a PC or a Mac. You can still uh, find the free version. I mean, it's really that's, easy. That's true. Yeah. Um, so if uh, I, I almost signed off without thinking about doing this. If you want to send us uh, suggestions for other games or your feedback or um, what you think a Marcel Duchamp toilet looks like, you can send that all to a Crit Crew <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. Marcel Duchamp fan art. Um, <laughs> send it all to Crit Crew podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will read it promptly, I would assume, but we haven't got any emails to test out that suggestion. Oh, well, don't say that. Now we're never really getting... Now we're, yeah, now now we're, now we're, never we're really not. No, really no, you gotta be a little bit desperate, and then someone's like, oh, I wanna be the first one. I wanna be the first. <laughs> I wanna be the first. I'm gonna send you turlets. <laughs> Sweet, pearly turlets. <laughs> and then the crew decided to talk in a redneck accent. Um... So, C- Caleb, do you want to do this crit as adjourned? You want I feel to... like I, I feel like I've lost the right to do that because of yeah, this you episode. did. This crit is adjourned. <laughs> All right, this crit is adjourned. Da 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 da